It's Kyle Bartley with a header from John Swift's free kick. Like his dad, a natural finisher. <laughs> his dad has scored about 1 in 15. <laughs> yeah. This is Gavin. Uh, we're back. Uh, welcome to the Anytime Notebook podcast. Uh, a short hiatus, which owed a little bit to the international break, but mainly uh, an unnerving sense of apathy towards forcing ourselves to talk about Joel Quansar every week. We are here almost every week, if you're new. Um, we're here to mark your goal scorer card for the weekend. Put up some good value selections. If you've heard us before, welcome back. I uh, hope you're having a great Easter break or you're preparing to have a good Easter break. Easter, of course, famous for people coming back from nowhere. And I'm, I'm not saying my usual guest is the second coming, but Jesus never napped Omar Beckles, did he? Joining me as always at SetPC or on Twitter, John Bywater. John, welcome back. Hello. Wow, that's the best ever intro, that. that's uh, we, We've benefited from a short break, it looks like. <laughs> 30 seconds in, good bit of blasphemy. Excellent. Welcome back, everyone. Yeah, um, oh, thank you, mate. Yeah, it's good to get um, a few... We got a few messages saying where were we, so uh, proves the old adage, you can't miss us if we don't go away. Exactly. Pe- big fans of giving away money. That's what they're, those people. <laughs> yeah, those people we're back just in for. time to ruin your Easter, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got a couple of weeks to look back on. We'll put a uh, what a recency lens on it and we'll start to look at what happened last weekend across the divisions in the EFL, put up some good value selections. Um, championship feels a good place to start, John. I was at the CBS, a bad day at the office for Coventry. Stoke put four past us. Our old friend McFad seen pulled at half-time. Terrible game. Notable for this Hoover at right back. Some player, you know, yes. on loan from... Is he on loan from Wolves, is he? I, can't remember, uh, I, can't remember. I think he's he was Wolves at one point, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. But uh, so far, four down the right. It's four goals in his last five. Stoke are flying. Um, that was my low light I guess of, of, of last weekend um, anything notable in the championship for you yeah he's on loan from Wolves I've just googled Hoover Stoke and I've got lots of recommendations for Hoover repairs if you're in the uh, Stoke area or anyone so that's, that's doing useful a, a roaring trade I would have thought <laughs> I bet you're glad we're back after that <laughs> the uh... <laughs> Yeah, start with the Friday night game. Uh, Sunderland were quite limited in numbers. They had a lot of injuries in defence. Uh, Ballard was missing, wasn't he? Um, mm-hmm. But I thought Taylor Harwood-Bellis made a good return. He'd been out for about three months for Burnley. Uh, two chances and didn't really keep in touch with it last week, but I think he was a slightly bigger price than he was when he last appeared. So... As we've mentioned many times recently, they uh, they do drift a little bit sometimes. So, yeah, Taylor Harwood-Bellis from that game. Um, I can't remember then. Was it 0-0? Nil, nil? Was it 0-0 nil, nil that game? Yeah, I think it was 0-0, nil, 1-0. Nil, yeah, yeah, we always said it. Terrible Burnley, aren't they? You can't, you can't, you can't yeah. trust them. Yeah, they're bottling it. <laughs> they're bottling it already, yeah. You hear that? Yeah, you heard it here first. Uh, I thought uh, a new name that I don't think we've ever mentioned was Gabriel Osho. Is it Osho? Osho? Yes, for uh, Luton, from, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you look at him, he's quite an interesting player. This is the first season he's been an established regular, certainly at Luton. He's had about four loan spells all over the shop. Um, 
he's I say he's been a regular especially last 15 20 games now the goal here was uh, a long throw originally but it was really well worked out wide but if you just look at his positioning for the goal he had no intention of ever tracking back he he was in that center forward position basically uh, good instincts got in the position turned it away very nicely uh, that's two for the season and He's running at about a 0.12 XG per 90, which is pretty good, uh, certainly compared to the other Luton defenders. So that's a name that I looked at this week and I've never noticed really before. I think he's he's someone who's on the uh, on the fringes for me at the moment. So like Gabriel Osho. More, more familiar names at Millwall, who that looked a pretty low XG encounter against West Brom, didn't it? But six shots from dead ball situations. Jake Cooper with the best chance. He launched himself at one from a honeymoon corner. But Millwall, doing Millwall things, I guess, and um, a threat from set pieces. Um, Dom Hyam, who wasn't – he did score for Cov, and he, but wasn't, didn't, you didn't get the sense that he was overly prolific, which obviously stands to reason because he's the centre-back. But two good chances for Blackburn from corners uh, last weekend. Um, I think the second one you're probably not going to see in the data, but he's had a near-post header that ends up being the one that Grit and Diaz has a chance assigned to him. So, but there's, um, so there's a couple of shots there with some XG added. Um, he's been on a nice little run over the last few weeks while we've been away because he – he, he had a header on target in the cup defeat to Sheffield United. Little glancing one that went wide from a free kick against Stoke as well. One for the notebook for Blackburn for, for where we're always looking for some kind of option. But um, that was it for me in the championship. Um, Millwall and Dom Hyam. Anything else to finish off our, our look at the um, top division in the EFL, John? Yeah, going going back to that Millwall game, I thought that was a real bruising encounter, wasn't it? Um, I watched the highlights of that. But I think Millwall, arguably, I mean, not including Burnley, to be fair, but the, the trickiest team to play in the Championship at the moment. They just seem to press teams in and they can't seem to find a way to create anything against them. Uh, I thought that West Brom O'Shea was injured, from I think, from Ireland duty. Mm-hmm. So they're looking very short at the back again now. It was... Um, Eric Peters and someone else who I can't remember at the moment. Um, two capable performers, but very much not first choice. Though, to be fair, Carl Bartley did come on in the last minute, so I presume he's going to be back very shortly. Uh, another name that I've mentioned regu- uh, fairly regularly recently, Andy Lyons for Blackpool, mm-hmm. uh, January signing the Irish I think we'll call him a versatile player. Now, he's back to being more of a right wing back here in the defeat at Preston. But once again, he's had two attempts, including one from the six-yard line in open play, which he should have at least hit the target with. Uh, I was tempted by him this week. We'll come on to him later. Um, Bristol City. Now, uh, Reading, just another mention for Reading, they gave up another chunk of set play XG against Bristol City side with no none of their regular defensive threats, uh, Atkinson and a couple others. I still think they're vulnerable, even though it's not showing in the the goals against, really. But for Bristol City, um, January signing again, Anis Mametti. Oh, yes. He still hasn't scored. He's played 10 games now. Um, Seems to have been really well received. He's had a lot of good positive press. He just can't get that first goal. But another six efforts here. Um, You just feel like it's going to just fall in for him eventually. 
cutting him from the wing. Um, he's actually quite a big prize this week, considering they've got a tough game. But, yeah, I think Anis Mometi is very much due soon for oh, Bristol City. Good to hear. Yeah, ex-Wickham, right? Um, yeah. Let's... Uh, Let's have a look at where all the action is, right? League One and, and League Two. Le- League One, some familiar names there. It was a day when you could try and be clever and back the 14s, Mads Anderson for Barnsley against Morecambe. We were all looking for Barnsley threats, but you knew by the end of the day, you probably should have just bit the bullet and backed the eights, Bobby Thomas. And that was the one mm. that got paid out late on. Um, Tighten up the numbers. That was set piece goal number 17 that Morecambe have conceded this year. Oh dear. Anything top of the list for you as notables in League One, John? Uh, you, no, you've got some really good notes. So I'll come back to you, but I think one that, that you have mentioned, um, we always thought that Lloyd Jones would be prolific, didn't we? We did say that. <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> but I mean, fair play to him, but I can only think it's this McCrandall's delivery. Maybe. Maybe Michael Morrison going there's taught him a few tricks of the trade. I don't know. Um, yeah, but, uh, that, I, I don't know whether talking off that. I don't know whether Vale have got to be a little bit careful. I did. I, I, I fancied. I didn't fancy Cambridge last week, but I fancied laying Vale, which I which I did. But they, you know, their recent run of form can't really be excused against anyone in contention. And here's you know getting beat at home by by Cambridge. If we will include that as well. Um, I think they're just about safe, but they're on a terrible run at the moment. I think Accrington, I think, tomorrow, and then Oxford on Monday, two defeats in those two games. They're probably looking over their, their shoulder a little bit more closely. But, yeah, you're right. Four goals in one season for Lloyd-Jones, who did have all the space in the world, didn't he, to, um, to notch his, his second in two games. Um, elsewhere on the list for me... Charlton stuck six past Shrewsbury. Um, notable for two more for Miles Leeburn. We were, oh. we did, we did have a little chat about him, like just before he got injured around about Christmas time. This lad is, he goes all the way for me. I think he's a, he looks an exceptional player. Charlton fans knew nice and early, I think, before the season even started. The more game time he gets, the better he looks, and um, he already looks a warm order for. If they can keep hold of him over the summer. That that League One anti post market, that'll that be one of the first prices. I'll be, uh, I'll it's be. Not checking. good for your price, though, is it? It's not good for your price. Oh, what him, him doing season. some doing some stuff this yeah. this year. It should. It might. Yeah, it might have. be okay still. We'll. Uh... Well, now I've talked him up, so. <laughs> the, the, you know the the layers who Push listen out, will be yeah. pushing him out, going well. If Gav likes him, that must tell us. As something. I um as I read eight, a few weeks ago, now he's just like his dad, a natural finisher. <laughs> his dad has scored about one in fifteen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That wasn't really his game, was it? He was a, he was really. a good player, but um anyway. Um, what else? Uh, Derby, You've, yeah, Derby, yeah. Derby defeat to Ipswich. Everyone's got an opinion at the moment on this League One promotion race. There's no, there's no goal score wrangle here. Just my thoughts about Derby, really. But I don't think all, all is not lost for Derby. In fact, I was straight after that defeat. I think before Ipswich, I was looking to okay. There's going to be an opportunity to get with Derby at some point here because they've just had a every single person that they've met over the last few weeks feels to be kind of coming into form. Even the defeat to Fleetwood, you know, they were on a they were on a nice run at the time, and I think things just get a little bit easier over the next month for Paul Warren and you know, MK Dons, Forest Green, I think it is on Friday, Burton, Exeter, Bristol Rovers on the road. I think mm. all is not lost for, well, obviously all is not lost for Derby, but I think they were a better team 
than what they've shown over the last few weeks. And we, I think you could be in a month in a month's time, you could be turning around and looking at a team that's coming into the playoffs in a in a fair bit of form. I was just checking five to two to win the playoffs a month ago. Month ago, they're about fives in the place now, which is a price I wouldn't mind having running for me once we get to the start of May. Um, I had a. Yeah, I'll talk about the selections later on, but I think they open up against Forest Green on on Friday, and good value to 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 nab a goal scorer there. Um, Pierce Sweeney, another name on my list, rewarded for his back post loitering for Exeter against Fleetwood. Popped up with a far post header in the first half, way before he struck a nice shot in from a similar position to take a point in injury time for the Grecians as well. Um, anything else in League One for you? John. Yeah, I think that's it, mate. They, they all tie into later selections, so I think I think we're done in lead one. We won't um we won't show our hands too early. I'll let you lead off then with anything in um anything in league two. Um I think the most interesting thing I saw last in the last set of games really was the Grimsby team where uh, Waterfall, Luke Waterfall was either rested or injured. I couldn't really work that out. There was a bit of conflicting. Um, similar comments for a Fete, and they looked very light at the back. Uh, and once again, Bradford, the usual suspects we mention every week, um, looked threatening there. Uh, just wondering, I think a lot of the planning with Grimsby already is looking at next year. I read a thing with um, Paul Hurst where he said, he needs to work out where he's going to go next year. and But a lot of the players are on unusual at that level or actually on contracts till the end of next year. So it's not so much for the contract, it's just trying to plan the squad, I think. So, yeah, I thought that was, that was vaguely interesting. Um, crew, who we never give positive mention to ever. Um, we always said they were a good set-piece threat, didn't we, Crew? <laughs> um, I don't know where they found this Connor Obi-Orden from, but yeah. He's, he's, he's come uh, from nowhere, but he's, yeah. he's not really... Um, I mean, I did see... How many has he got three this season? Now? Three goals, three yeah. Season, yeah. Three goals since the new year. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's far, far too prolific for us. But <laughs> I remember the first one, and I thought, mm, it was, I think it was quite a good finish, but I couldn't really... You know, he couldn't take a lot from it, but maybe there's something to him. You know, he's... Uh, you can't argue with that, can you? Really? People trust us on this podcast to unearth those gems before they before they hit the ground. Um, yeah. Probably guilty of just passing over crew every week for the past. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> four you, months. You, you automatically uh, you, you question it with crew, which you know maybe you shouldn't. But that was about it for me, mate. You do, you've got a few. Yeah, difficult to find find a expected goal line for crew, right? They, they, we, we talked before about you know filtering through the opportunities, and I'm always drawn towards games where there's a high expected goal line so um, and crew don't normally appear in those games so that's me finding my excuse um where else have we got um, you mentioned about the usual suspects for bradford i'm going to talk about him a bit later on but sam stubbs inches away from um yes. from getting a goal uh one cleared off the line i think for for, for bradford um who else have we got? Uh, Connor Masterdon, a proper, proper centre half bullet header of the weekend. If we were giving out awards for, you know, classic centre half goal scoring action, Connor Masterdon was the one for Gillingham against Barrow. I put he started his run at about Kendall Services and powers a header home into the top of the net from eight yards. Um, Mansfield, good value against Crawley. 
Again, I'm going to talk a bit about Corley later on as well. Stephen Quinn back in the middle of the park after after his suspension, which was a nice antidote to Riley Harbottle's absence at the back. Harbottle's absence, no bother for Alfie Kilgore as well, who's turned in a lovely header to notch his fourth of the season. Um, I got very excited last week, as did a few people around me at the CBS, when word got round that Sutton had scored from a corner. Unfortunately, it was Alistair Smith who got on the end of it. All the... Um, Ben Goodliffe backers yes. and Joe Kizzy backers were... were the one we back. never mentioned. The... Exactly, yeah. Kizzy was waiting right at the far post as well. And Smith's just like... He's had a free head of That's it, just, just taking it off him. They just, you know, could have just... Could have left it for, for, for Kizzy backers to pay their way. Um, bad week for Walsall, wasn't it? Who, who let Will Nightingale in for Wimbledon in, in the midweek before that? I, I had a look, quick look through the last. Which I, had, I said, well, I'm going to. I look, look through the goals that Walsall have conceded. And I'll stop when there's not a set piece, and I got all the way back oh. to four goals conceded in the last three games, and every single one originates from a corner. Would be great to oppose them this weekend, wouldn't it, John? But Rochdale on the list. Um, not the yes. easiest team to, to get with. Sam Graham, anyone? Is he still uh, on the bench? <laughs> on the, ba- on the bench, you might get your money back if he's on the bench. That's it. Uh, Ebax Landell. <laughs> That's the, the positive. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, should we talk a little bit about? Um, Let's they, they, they start with like what nearly before we head into naps and next best as we normally do. Let's talk a bit about what nearly made the grade, what didn't. John, I'll let you lead us off with those that just fell short of nap status this week. Yeah. Um, the earlier mentioned Mometti for Bristol City. Mm-hmm. Um, he's at, he's eight to one this week. Uh, obviously that's on the, on the match difficulty as well, but even so just the sheer amount of shots he's getting away. That's um, almost tempting. Uh, similar comments. who has been popular in the market. Jack Rudini, our old friend for Huddersfield, mm. Now, believe it or not, he's yet to score for Huddersfield, just the 36 games. Oh, wow. Um, but I've watched back a few of their last games, especially since Walnut's come in, and he, he's been so close to just getting on the end of things and you know, just being like outstretched leg away from a few. Had a, had a few decent efforts mm. as well. I, don't know, I just feel like he's a player that, when he gets one, he will get a few. So, again, he, he was a he opened up at eights, but I think he's shortened up to about sixes. Um which maybe the value's gone there. Uh, Andy Lyons, as I said, Blackpool playing Cardiff, uh, which interests me. But I've read a few things where it looks like McCarthy might go to a back four here. So I think I'm right in saying that means Lyons will go back to a conventional right back. If if that's the case, then the 12s is no good. If they stick with the 3-5-2 and he lines up as almost a a third attacking right winger, then it's, it's absolutely fine. So it's one to look at the team news, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, League One, I think you're going to mention him, so I won't mention this chap. Uh, League Two, how about a absolute flyer at a massive price on uh, our old young friend, Edon Pruti for Ooh. Hartlepool. Uh, there's, the <laughs> yeah. Yes, there's a bit of 40s out there, and he um, showed his hand a little bit last week. Uh, again, this is really for me whether if Grimsby are missing, not really so much a fete, a little bit of fete, but definitely waterfall. If they're missing waterfall again, then I don't think you can resist Pruti at 40s uh, for a Hartlepool side that I've picked up a bit in recent weeks as well. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's pro- that. probably that's not the price. worst price in the world. 
That's that's what that's what people tune in for, just casually throwing away someone that didn't make nap status at forty to one. But that looks yeah, it's too big a price, too obvious. I had um, I thought Anthony O'Connor was a big price. The Harrogate are in sneaky good form, aren't they at the moment? As a the almost polar opposite to Wimbledon. I, th- I know it's you know short enough price, a bit of recency bias there to follow up quickly, but I thought 18s was a bit of a stretch from some layers in the market. Um, Doug Farm, who I, I think he missed the five nil against Exeter for Atkinson last weekend, but I did notice he played ninety minutes in a reserve game. Um, if you are well, Doug if you, Farm, watch there, aren't you? Doug Farm, watch like indeed. <laughs> if you if you are <laughs> if you are my job, <laughs> yeah. If you are similarly opposed to Vale as they approach the end of the season, as um, as I am, then an Atkinson threat might be might be on the list. So another to check for team news. Now, just just filtering through the prices, I noticed a couple of. Um, couple of regular mentions that were up against old sides, one of which is Will Ameson, who's a huge old price in the former club system as Exeter host, well, what's likely to be, what, a jubilant Bolton at the moment. And Ryan Haynes is doing the same for Northampton as they head up against Newport. John, 20 minutes uh, of preamble where we do. Yes. Yeah. we got a bit more Whilst preamble. We, um, we're just, um... <laughs> oh, go on, We've also got the um, Grant Hanley back at Blackburn with Norwich. Uh, just the 183 games for Blackburn. Uh, I haven't mentioned him. I haven't mentioned him for a few months. So, good there old Grant go. Hanley. Um, how about this one as well? If you like a, for all those fans out there of incredibly small sample sizes, um, <laughs> the last twice Millwall have been live on Sky, Tom Bradshaw has scored a hat trick. Oh. They are live on Sky against Luton, who haven't let a goal in since the King was a boy. But don't worry about that. You can get 175s for a Tom Bradshaw hat trick. There you go. What, what are we calling that? The the live on the, Sky um, TV system. The, the the live on Sky TV uh, three peat system over two games sample. Like, is, is that is that just for Millwall? Is that always that? Are you no, just, just counting TV? Both, both both this season, I think. Oh, okay. Both this season, so yeah, I do like that. Not not only like a bit of recency bias, but you have to, you know, people have actually seen it as well with their own eyes on TV. Yes, that's not enough to them. And I, I definitely didn't nick it off some bloke off Twitter about an hour ago. That's the good thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's just what we all do, right? Um, that feels that feels like a nice, healthy amount of preamble. Uh, John, as people anticipate what might appear on our naps and next best lists, as always, I'll let you lead us off. Nap in the Football League for an anytime goal scorer this Easter. It's an old favourite who's not been put up this season, I believe, by either of us, but it's Sean Raggett at 18 to 1 for Portsmouth at MK Dons. I've put here notebook favourite. I don't know if he is really, but we'll, oh, we, we'll stick with that line. He certainly had a few prolific seasons. We don't uh, often 30... get to back him at this price, do we? No, that's, well, that's the whole... You, you've read my mind there, Gavin. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, 32 goals in 350 career games. That puts him very much in the prolific group of centre-halves, really. Um, only one this season, which you look at as a disappointment. They look at the context of that. Connor Ogilvie has four this season. They've both got very similar XG metrics, attempt metrics, almost identical, in fact. Um, if you if you want to go by that, they should be on just over two each. So 
if you want to look at it that way, Ogilvy's running well. Uh, Sean Raggett isn't. Uh, I know the feeling, Sean, this season. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, that's the way it goes. It's, all of this is small samples, but we know he can score. Mm. Now, he, he seemed a little bit out of favour before Massinho came in. He, he was... Um, I read a lot of Pompey fans on Twitter saying he wouldn't have a chance of being there next season. He, he wouldn't play. But he's really adapted well to the change in style. Um, and he looks like he's really up for a scrap to get that starting spot next term. Now, he did an interview this week where, I'll quote this bit, uh, I've definitely performed better since Christmas. There's still one or two games I'm not too happy about. But on a whole, without doubt, I've been a lot stronger in the second half of the season than the first. Sometimes you go through patches of form. Life has actually got harder since the turn of the year. We had our baby in February, one for the uh, nappy factor there. Uh, Delayed nappy factor. (laughs) It's not February anymore, is it? Uh, It just works like that. Uh, Possibly it's down to the change of manager. The gaffer's come in and given me some fresh ideas. He was a good centre-half at this level. Maybe I needed that, and it's changed my thinking a little bit. Wow. Uh, yeah, no mention of goals there, Sean, but never mind. We, <laughs> as, as I'm reading that back, I'm thinking it's nothing to do with goals, but he's in a positive place of mind if you want to put a spin on it. And as you alluded to a minute ago, Gav, this is someone who probably for two years now has been going off anything between eights and twelves as a maximum. Uh, he's suddenly 18 to 1. There's no actual evidence that he's declining as a threat. Uh, just all of the metrics you can check, they're very similar, really, um, over the last four or five seasons. Uh, as for MK Dons, I've mentioned this recently, I'm still not convinced. Um, if you look at, they've had a very easy fixture list of late until last week where they faced Wickham and they conceded two from corners. Both to uh, both to David Wheeler, who's looking really real good threat these days. But that is their first real test since the um, change of manager. So I'm quite happy with the opponent as well. So Sean Raggett is the nap at eighteen to one. Excellent. I mean, the very definition of nap status that a player that hey, as soon as as you know, right player, right price. Absolutely, John. Fantastic selection. Let's go over to people are already already calling the um, the Sean Raggett of 2030, which break I'm sure he will be just as prolific by the time Sam Stubbs gets to um, gets past 30. Um, let's try and get him over the line here for for Bradford against a Crawley side who they were on a good run, unbeaten in five against Grimsby, Rochdale, Harrogate, Wimbledon, and Doncaster, but having a look back. When they met those sides, only Rochdale and Harrogate, John, had registered one win in the previous five games. True enough, as soon as Crawley have got a step up in class against a proper top-half side, they got dispatched by Mansfield last weekend. On the face of it, you know, that Bradford form is probably not up to much either, but the table doesn't tell the whole story. And when I'm looking at XG ratios and performance in each of these games, you know, Newport and Carlisle still returning good numbers. When they met Hartlepool a couple of weeks back, they were unbeaten in five at the time. And they, you know, they just about deserve that Andy Cook winner against Grimsby last weekend as well. Things I like in, in this matchup then, well, a 20 set piece goals conceded for Crawley, but you've got Franciletti who's out for the season. Jordan much at, at, you know, under the radar, but I think he had a pretty big influence in the handful of games that he started for Crawley. He's out for the yeah. season now as well. 
I think, best case scenario, this could turn out to be a bit of a shootout. I think Bradford, I always get the sense that they're just like right on the edge, like mentally. I think if I look at, you know, they'll they'll be looking at, obviously this, you know, going to Crawley is a good opportunity for three points, but they'll be looking across the road thinking Salford, Stockport and Mansfield all got tricky ties this weekend. Here's a chance for them to, to gain a few shots on the field. And there's no doubt that Stubbs is due. Thought he got the winner last week. It was his header that's cleared behind the line that Cook finishes off. Drew a great save from the Newport keeper a fortnight ago. Made a great run and header in between those against Hartlepool as well. Sounds like the muggiest thing to say in the world. But in, a, in another timeline, he's probably scored maybe three in his last half a dozen or so. Plenty of value in the 18s. We know that value doesn't put dinner on the table, but we go again. Sab Stubbs, 18-1 to 1 for Bradford, will set me off. Where are we going to go next for your next best, John? Great stuff there. Uh, and this probably isn't great stuff. This will get a big sigh from the regulars, this one. <laughs> it's uh, it's Gillingham against Doncaster, and you guessed it. It's the our big friendly non-veteran German. It's Max Amar at uh, 16 to 1. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm booing it myself. Uh, <laughs> don't worry, one, the pod is back with selections like this. The, um, this is... The first thing I looked at last weekend is I read some quotes and uh, looked at around a few things. The first team I wanted to oppose was Doncaster. Um, this is what Danny Schofield said after that crew game we referenced earlier. Physically, we just got swallowed swallowed up in the first half. Sounds like I can't swallow there. Um, that, I mean, that sounds painful for one, but I know crew have improved, but you, if you're getting physically dominated by crew, you've got a problem. Um I can't. You can't take any positive spin on that. Now, to be fair to Donny, they've got twelve senior players injured, um, which is a lot, obviously. Aluwu hobbled off again after twenty minutes against Crew, so he won't be playing. Um, uh, there'd be no reason to rush him back at all now because he's he signed the new contract, so they're not going to risk him even if he's doubtful. They've got hardly any senior attackers. They're, they're just absolutely, they're down to hardly anyone, to be honest. They've called back a couple of youth loans to fill the team and the bench. So they're just an obvious side to oppose. Now, since January, Gillingham have, I think it's either the first or the second best home form in the division. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not picking up anything away, but at home, they're, they're really formidable. Um you just got to look. You could easily go here with uh, Sean Williams, the earlier mentioned Masterson, uh, or even Dom Jeffries, who could return. But uh, they're all a little bit shorter than Neymar. Uh, I think 16s is just about okay. And let's throw in that he scored against Donny in 2018-2019. There we go. <laughs> just to make me feel better about the selection. So it's Max Amar at 16-1. to Excellent. There's certainly... Um... We're entering that period of the season, aren't we, where we're assessing the motivation of those kind of mid-table sides with who are, you know, are safe but but can't, can't go up. And yeah. you know, Doncaster maybe feel I like one of those. I think that can go both ways. I'm not a massive believer in that, but when you look at this, Donny, they've hardly got any players available. They're, they're just... Mm. Um, and I've seen and more quotes that Schofield said was... You know, the ones he's playing are playing for contracts, which, okay, so they're going to be motivated, but without being rude, you know, they're not normally in the 16 for a reason. So Mm. you you can be motivated as much as you want, but you've got that many injuries, they've got to be opposed, really. So, yeah, reluctantly, it's Amar, I'm afraid. I'm I'm glad you don't believe in that, John, because I'm just about to talk about 
that exact thing for the next seven That's good. minutes. <laughs> um, I think there's a, a sneaky good game here in League One that might have gone under the radar. Cheltenham head to Lincoln. I think plenty of like, uh, plenty yes. to like about the Robins' recent run here. One of the things that's, um, I think, influencing the low goal line, which I think Sporting Index have got around 2.2, is they drew 0-0 less than a month ago. But since then, Cheltenham have beaten in four, while Lincoln have lost three. I've just got a feeling each of these sides are approaching you know, relative safety in mid-table with, with different ambitions. And, you know, Montsmer out for the season for Lincoln, maybe a lack of focus. They conceded two from corners against Fleetwood. One of those was a, an Adam Jackson own goal. Gave up a real simple header um, to Matt Smith uh, against Sheffield Wednesday last weekend as well. I know they drew that game 1-1. I imagine there's a crowd of people rolling their eyes, assuming that I'm just about to mention Caleb Taylor, but no, uh, Tom Bradbury for me done plenty to influence this this recent good run for Cheltenham. Half decent record in non-league, seven in two seasons for Halifax and Yeovil, and he's he's really started on the front foot of Cheltenham after a, a you know stop-start injury plague season up until this this point. Three really big chances in the last four. He stuck a fine volley away to um you know to 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 um to convert one of those chances against Peterborough could easily have added his to his tally against Burton and Sheffield Wednesday as i've said my main concern here is the low goal line it doesn't look like a game that you know where where high goals are going to be expected um i can't just ignore this recent run though here and i think Lincoln, to me, look like a side that are really just reaching for May. And I think this is a Robin side finishing with a flourish. I think Bradbury, given a really generous mark here of 18 to 1, which just about appeals in admittedly what might be a, a low scorer. I'm happy no, with I love that. that. I love that. Yeah, he, he was very close to next best for me. He was the player earlier that I didn't mention in League One. Uh, I think he's done... I think he's just growing as a league player, like you say, mm. formerly non-league. I think he struggled filling in for Freestone to start with, but the last few weeks he's been um, talked up a lot as well as the chances. So I did notice that Lewis Freestone is nearly back as well, but I don't think they'll be rushing him back now, especially with Bradbury playing well. Um, I, I didn't I didn't factor in the, um, the Cheltenham... Saturday form though, did I? Oh, it's a Friday. That doesn't matter, does it? It's a Friday. Uh, well, no. And since then, they've won on Saturday and lost on Tuesday, like every Excellent. time. So they, <laughs> you couldn't resist that little dig about. The, from, <laughs> where's, where's Jerry Halliwell now? I think he. I think he. Uh, he did block. He blocked. He blocked me on Twitter actually. So, um, which is fair enough. But I didn't. You know, you know sorry, Jerry. You you're rubbish. That I'm not. Yeah, I'm not mentioning you again, Jerry. <laughs> You, you uh, had another. Did you have a different original next best? I wrote about four hundred words on why Craig yeah. Forsyth might score for Derby, as I've already mentioned. But I couldn't. Um, the more you look at him and Cashin, it's like uh, it's getting you, frustrating. Now. Yeah, it's just frustrated, right? It's just. Yeah. I know they're probably going to have a chance. They're probably, you know, Forsyth at 18s. I mentioned earlier about that. This feels to me. This feels like. Derby open up Forest Green here, who were who were who were down, right? And if you wanted to find a scorer, this looks like if you can find one that might get on the end of one of the five or six goals that they might score, I'll be keen on you know Derby goal action this weekend. And I was tempted to put up Forsyth and or cash in, but went against it. So you know what happens next. 
back the Cray Forsyth uh, brace with all of your money in your bank. To the the two-week after system or whatever it was when I I put him up. You just want to play that YouTube clip at the start of the programme. We're going to get get there eventually. That's right. John, good to be back, wasn't it? You know, just... Oh, it's fantastic. We're loving it. You know, a little bit of a recap. Mentioned 400 players in the EFL. That's right. um, Put up a couple of selections. All that's missing, all that's missing is just getting together to moan about what could have been. And we've got a double fixture list over the weekend. So Sunday night feels like a good time to do that oh, what a what a good idea we can moan on sunday night <laughs> excellent <laughs> um john good to speak to you again we'll reconvene on sunday night and and um uh reminisce over the lost betting slips for uh, for good friday um hope all the listeners are well um reach out to us on various social media platforms let us know what you're backing oh we should mention actually whilst we were away i think ross mcintosh had it right off didn't he when a couple of weekends ago when Niall oh, Canavan yeah, and Ferrino Joseph scored as well. I think he's probably just about so, got the... Um, he's, reti- he's retired now. He's, he's retired. Even... <laughs> I think he's, he's wheeling that wheelbarrow of cash around um, around right. Scotland as we speak. Wheelbarrow of cashing around. I like it, barrow and yeah. cashing. It's what people turn up for. John, good to speak to you. We'll do it all again very soon. Yeah, in about 72 hours, I believe. 56, 56 hours. What a great ending this is. You've got this far. Stick with us. Can you say that with a bit more enthusiasm? Um, we're doing it again in about 56 hours, everybody. That's the best we're going to get. Thanks, John. Speak to you soon. Thank you.